Good morning. So glad to be back at New Song. I'm just glad to be back home. And the last song that the uh, worship team sang today, Your Goodness is Running After, Running After Me. Um, that song, while I was in Costa Rica getting ready to catch the flight back to Orlando, um, I had a sore throat, and that song began to run through my mind. And the Spirit of the Lord came on me so strongly that I began to cry in the car because his goodness had run after me the entire trip and the entire way home. So praise the Lord. So um, I was going to um, see if they could run a video of something that I prophesied back in uh, the first Sunday of the year, January the 5th. And so are you guys ready to do that then? Dear Marty. While I was up praying, and I was talking to the Lord about some of the things that have held me back in 2019, and all of a sudden I saw, um, like paths, they were lit, and there was an ease. And as Christians, Pastor Dan said, in the spirit, the last one, in the spirit. So I, I felt this, I started to say something when Brenda was talking. But then it, the anointing came back on me again. And Jack felt this in the prayer room, that the Lord is anointing our feet. We're Christians. So we don't do resolutions. We get into the realm of the Spirit. He's going to bring us out of ruts this year. He's going to deliver us from the ruts that have held us back, that we're in, that we can't seem to get out of. And I feel like that there's going to come an overcoming, and there's going to come... Of being in heavenly places with the Lord and we're going to see clearly where the Lord is taking us and there's going to be an ease and an oil of the Holy Spirit that is going to flow with us that th yeah. this year we are going to walk in many different paths we are going to walk in paths that we never dreamed that we would walk in and the anointing of the Lord is going to be upon us and the anointing of the Lord is going to take us there and we're going to find ourselves in dreams and visions in the night seasons and we are going to begin to see a rise up of healing again in this church as it has been in the past and we're going to see God begin to move and bring new song into the place that he has for our destiny as a body of believers. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, you know, it's always interesting to go back and look at something that you said. I do think maybe we're out of our rut this year, you think? And um, so actually, before I start, though, I just wanted to look at the scripture in John. It says, Jesus, when he found a young ass, sat upon it, as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, the king comes. And so um, I think that's kind of important for us today. Fear not, for behold, the king comes. And so actually 2019 was kind of a rough year for me, and I laughed when I wrote that down because of everything that's happening right now. I lost my dad at the end of 2018, and so there was some stress that I'm not going to go into, but sometimes when we go through rough places, spiritually, emotionally, or physically, we get stuck in our thinking and our reactions to things. And so, you know, it was funny because 2019 also was a year of tremendous blessing to me, but it's like I just remembered kind of the negatives. And so there were a couple of scriptures that I wanted to mention, um, Isaiah 2, 3, it said, you will teach, he will teach us his ways. He will teach us his ways. And then in, in Psalm 16, 11, and this is like my very fav favorite scripture ever, you will show me the path of life. That's Psalm 16 and 11. I told, uh, okay, it's not going to be up there. Okay, that's good. I'm learning how to do this. You will show me the path of life. And I feel like that the Lord has a, a path for us to begin to walk on. 
that we need to rise up into. That was one of the last things I said in this prophetic word. We are going to begin to see a rise up. And I said of healing, but I think a rise up of a lot of things. We're going to begin to see God move. And I feel like that the Lord is causing us to move up into a place of authority that is different than that that we've walked in before. Um, I didn't, I don't even have this in my notes, but while I was in Florida, I was looking at, I began to think, I thought, when did Paul become Paul and not Saul? When did Paul become Paul and not Saul? And the thing is that he, it was Barnabas and Saul, Barnabas and Saul, and then they were prayed for and they were sent out. And as they were sent out, they came to this place where this evil spirit, this evil guy named Bar-Jesus was coming against them. And Saul pointed his finger at him and he began to say, you be quiet and you're going to be blind for a season. And right then, the next, the next paragraph, it says, <clears throat> Paul and his team. Paul and his team. You see, he moved into the authority of God that was his. And I feel like that the Lord is wanting us to begin to move into the authority that God has given us and to not allow the enemy, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle spiritual. This is not against people. And right now, there's a, a, an enemy that, that the president calls the invisible enemy that we need to realize we have authority over. And I believe that in this season, that as Christians are remembering that Christ has died and resurrected and he has given unto us his authority, that there's going to be a raising up of people that are going to say no more. No more. This is it. This is it. I, uh, you know, I tend to watch a few movies with my children, and one of them is uh, when Gandalf is saying, you shall not pass. <laughs> and actually, when I was in Florida with the, uh, the Hurricane Ida that was supposed to be a five category, I would go out into the yard and I would say, you shall not pass. Anyway, so we need to begin to stand up in our authority. So, you know, but a lot of times things affect us personally and because we're people. And so the Lord was showing me we need to change our ruts of thinking and follow the Holy Spirit's new pathways of light in God's word. And so there's a scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, though we walk or live in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not weapons of flesh and blood. But they're mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. We refute arguments, theories, reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose capt away captive unto the obedience of Christ. And so it's in our mind that we become affected. When I said 2019 was a rough year because of emotional things and physical things, <clears throat> you get beat down sometimes a little bit spiritually. And we begin to allow that kind of thinking to invade us. Now, I'm all for the medical profession, and I'm thankful for what they're doing. But what they do not see the realm of the spirit. And the thing is that we many times we allow ourselves to go strictly by a medical thing instead of saying, my God is bigger. My God is bigger. <clears throat> so the night I flew into Florida, a very dear, dear friend of mine, he and his wife, Pastor Kent Rogers, died. He was without heartbeat or breath for 10 minutes. Cindy woke up and she saw him take his last breath. She called 911 and they came and he did not breathe or have heartbeat for 10 minutes. And so medical said 
He's brain dead. Prepare for the worst. He's not going to make it. That's what medical said. But everybody began to pray. And this guy is the regional, like regional director for the Church of God. So there were a lot of people praying. And I was visiting with my friend Amaryllis. And we'd be talking. And then all of a sudden I would jump up and I'd be like, it's not his time in the name of Jesus. He's not going now in the name of And Amaryllis would look at me and I'm like, I'm praying for Pastor Kent. I just had to pray right now. I just had to say it. You can't have him, devil, and he's going to be normal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, whew, I believe in prayer. Romans 8. Romans 8. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weakness. We don't know what prayer to offer or how to offer it, worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplications and pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he that searches the heart of men knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. And we are assured to know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good. And for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. Now, everybody always says, all things work together for good. And you've ever heard that? All things work together for good. Oh, it, oh but they, they ignore what comes before. Prayer. They ignore what comes before. It works out for good whenever we pray and according to God's will and whenever we allow the Holy Spirit to cause us to intercede. So I'm going to come back to Pastor Kent, but I want to throw this in. Pastor Dan mentioned about David Wilkerson's prophetic word. Well, there was also a prophetic word from Bob Jones and uh, before his death, obviously, and years ago. He said... The Chiefs would go to the Super Bowl and win it. That when they won it, it would be a sign of upcoming end-time revival. And he explained that God is raising up his chiefs to be apostolic leaders in many spheres of influence. Now, we all want revival, right? Now, I have not watched one football game since my husband died 10 years ago. When I was at my friend Wayne and Maddie's house, and it was 2-02-2020. Kind of cool. And there's a whole lot of things out there about numbers around this. But I'm not going to go into that. But I actually watched this game. And they went to bed. And at the end, as they came back, I was in my bedroom screaming silently and jumping and shouting, not because I cared that the Chiefs won, because I don't even know anything about the, te the teams, but because, of course, I want to see revival. Right? But now remember... Sometimes revival comes whenever there are things that happen, like this virus. Sometimes revival comes as a result of people praying out in repentance to the Lord because of things that are going on. So now remember Kent and Cindy, the pastor, which of course you do. He was sitting up in his hospital bed. It had been 11 days because I was letting the family and the friends and the church people go before I went because there were so many people visiting and I walked into his room he was sitting up in the bed he was saying that God had held him in his hand for 10 minutes he said so that he would be a living miracle that God had sent him back so that he could be here for the end time revival he said that God was raising up leaders, that God was raising up chiefs, that God had a purpose for keeping him alive. The anointing was so strong. I was just sitting there like overwhelmed. It was amazing. It was amazing. God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead through the prayers of the saints. 
that begin to say, no, it's not his time. And this man is a man of revival. He's always been a revival preacher. He was part of the, he was involved with the Brownsville revival. His, his daughter is the one that wrote the song that Pastor Jim loves. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. And he is serving God. He was actually on Facebook last night holding a prayer meeting. He was standing outside his house, and all his church people's cars were out in front, and they were holding a prayer meeting. And uh, I just thought it was pretty cool. What we need to realize, Paul said, my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, approved by the Spirit and power of God, operating me and stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men or human philosophy, but in the power of God. And the power of God. Now, I just want to tell you something. I really feel like that I got beat down in 2019. It affects your thinking. It affects the way that you feel it. You begin to feel like you're never going to get on top again. The enemy begins to tell you all the things that you've done wrong and begins to tell you that you're never going to get out of it. And that's why I'm so thankful for the prophetic word that the Lord gave to me. And... um, So before I get to that, I want to talk about something else that happened to me while I was in Florida. I began to have a heaviness on me about three days later. And that's how the Lord often speaks to me, gets my attention to intercede. But I was visiting friends, so I kind of ignored it all day. And then I finally said to my friend Cheryl, I don't know what this is I'm sensing, but it's so strong I don't know if it's for the president or if it's for my family. I was just asking the Lord, this is so strong. This is so strong. And I prayed and I prayed. And so Cheryl and I prayed for the president. She said, I've been sensing ambush all day. Well, you know, we think in terms of the immediate. We think in terms of, well, somebody's going to try to shoot the president or whatever. The, the whole virus thing has had just started in February the 6th. We were just getting a little word. And I prayed for Aaron because he was in South Korea. And so I knew that, you know, they were having more cases there. And so we, I felt some release praying with Cheryl. And so then I went, drove two hours to my cousin's house up in Holiday, Florida. Now, I have cousins everywhere in Florida, just letting you know. And uh, so I'm always driving to see cousins. (laughs) And I drove two hours, and I prayed in the Spirit, and it was like this heavy, 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 heavy burden. And it was so strong. And um, I felt like I prayed for the president. I prayed for the family. I prayed for Aaron. I, you know, I rebuked the devil. I thought it was personal. You know, we always think things are personal. And uh, so then, you know, one time I said to the Lord, when I asked for revelation, this isn't what I meant. <laughs> and so I'll be honest, it made me afraid. I didn't realize that I was carrying a burden that, was, uh, that it, I wasn't supposed to carry alone. I thought it was personal. I have to laugh because... The Lord is, he orchestrates things so well, just like the song, His Goodness is Running After Me. And Sister Margie came up to me in the prayer room. We were praying a distance prayer. And she said, Marty, you've killed the bear and you've killed the lion. You're going to kill Goliath. But she didn't know what I had in my notes. Have you ever felt more like King David's brothers than David who killed the giant? (laughs) Have you ever felt more like King David's brothers? You ever felt like, yeah, I'd be the one hiding, going, let somebody else deal with this? The strength of my intercession, I didn't realize that the the whole thing, I believe now that I was praying for the country, for the president, about the coronavirus, 
But I just want to jump ahead and say that when Elijah thought he was the only one, there were 7,000 others. So the Lord kind of rebuked me. It's like, I mean, I did call out to my other friends and say, please help me bear this burden, this burden. All right. So I was a double-minded man for a, for a little while. You know, I don't know if anybody else is like this, that it's like, oh, my kids, my grandkids. Oh, my goodness. All my Nicaraguans. There's no hospital down there. Anybody else? A little double-minded. <clears throat> That's in James. Wavering. Yeah, I think we all do. And... Uh, I like, it says in the Amplified, he being of two minds, hesitating, irresolute, irresolute, unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, or decides. Oh, my goodness, blown hither and thither. I think about Mary Vaughn. Mary Vaughn is one of the most solid people who confesses and who is so positive and Mary, I love you, but sometimes I want to smack her because, you know, she's just always so full of the word. And sometimes I'm not as full of the word as I should be. So the Lord is convicting me. So I want us to turn to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 18. Hallelujah. Good preaching. Thank you, Pastor. Came to pass. 1 Kings chapter 18, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go show yourself unto Ahab and I will send rain to the earth. Now remember there had been a sore famine and rain, there hadn't been rain for three years I think, I didn't look that up. And uh, you know the king could have easily killed, uh, killed Elijah, Elijah knew that and so he went and Eli when Ahab saw Elijah, he said to Elijah, Are you he that troubles Israel? Are you he that troubles Israel? Now think about it. Who was troubling Israel? It wasn't Elijah troubling Israel. It was the king and his wickedness. Excuse me. And uh, this is, I'm not going to get into politics today, but Actually, there have been uh, headlines saying evangelical, evangelicals have, have caused the virus. And there are things like that. And um, different things are going on that we as Christians need to stand up and begin to not be afraid as Elijah was not afraid to come confront the prophets of Baal. Now, we're in a little different situation we're in the New Testament. We're not in the Old Testament. And um, so we have to deal with it with the grace of God. But Elijah came and he had the prophets build an altar, put their sacrifice, and they spent all day long crying out to God. Call on the name of your gods. And then I'm going to call on the name of my Lord and the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. The God that answers by fire. And so that's what they did. And they cried and cut themselves until the blood gushed from them. And I always thought this was interesting. Elijah mocked him. You know why? Because he knew who God was. He knew who God was. And he knew who he served. Now, I'm not saying that we should be mocking anybody. But I tell you what, we need to determine who we're serving. We need to begin to determine who it is. Elijah came to the people and he said, How long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal or the killer of babies, then follow him. And the people wouldn't even answer him a word. Hallelujah. So we all know what happened. When it came time for Elijah, he had them. what I like about this, he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. 
You know, I, I, I love the passion here at New Song. I love the fact that, we're, that there's evangelism. I love the fact that we press in with God. But there are many people and many churches and many places where the altar is broken down. And that altar needs to be rebuilt. People's faith needs to be stirred. They need to realize that the God we serve is a God of fire. Hallelujah. That the God we serve, that we do not have to be afraid because of who we serve. And I love the fact that he had him pour three buckets of water on it. Four buckets of water. Oh, okay. They did four buckets three times. All right, I just noticed that. Four buckets, three times. So 12 times, 12 buckets of water or barrels, which are bigger. And then Elijah the prophet came near and he said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I've done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. 63-word prayer. Who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> Who do you trust? All right, the fire of the Lord fell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, I've been watching uh, Mario Murillo and reading this stuff and Lance Wall now. They're pretty fiery. And one of the things he said that goes along with this, he said, perfect fear cast out fear. He's talking about the fear of the Lord. Perfect fear cast out fear. Whenever we know who God is, we don't walk in fear. Whenever we know who God is, we walk in faith. Whenever we know the fire of God. Now, I have to laugh because I can so identify. I just love Elijah. He went a day's journey and he came and sat down under the juniper tree. This is 1 Kings 19, 4 through 8. He requested for himself that he might die. You have to laugh. He was running from Jezebel, who would have gladly killed him. And he ran. He didn't really want to die. He said, it is enough, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a juniper tree. Behold, an angel touched him and said, rise and eat. And there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. He did eat and drink and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat. <laughs> forty days and forty nights into the mount of the Lord. And you see, sometimes we get tired in the battle. Sometimes we get weary in the battle. It could be physical, it could be spiritual, it could be emotional. We feel like, well, I'm done. But the Lord, in his grace and his mercy, he says, no, you're not done. You're not done. I'm going to send an angel to strengthen you. I'm going to send a song to encourage you and touch you with my Holy Spirit. You know, this, this trip that, that I was on, it was so... It was so amazing. There were some things that were so tremendous. And yet at the same time, there were some things that were so crazy that it was like, well, I, I wasn't in a rut. That's for sure. The Lord is wanting us to learn how to walk in his paths and follow his leading and not lean to our own understanding and not not stay in our own um, abilities, which we, we tend to do sometimes. Hallelujah. James 5 talks a little bit about Elijah. It says, 5, uh, 6, I probably won't read the whole thing. 
Yeah, let's do it. Confess your faults one to another, 16 through 18. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We need to believe that. Our prayers happen. Our prayers cause things to happen. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months, so it was three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. What I like about the whole thing with Elisha, um, he went and prayed after the encounter with the prophets of Baal. He began to pray. Remember this story that he saw the man's hand that was there, a little cloud out of the sky, and he said, it's going to rain. And he ran before the king. He girded up his loins, he picked up his clothes, and he ran, and he ran. God wants us to begin to run. God wants us to begin to believe that he is a God with fire. Fire came down on the day of Pentecost, and fire can come down now in our lives. Hallelujah. In Romans, it says, I appeal to you, Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of them all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be, this is amplified, do not be conformed to this world or this age. We are different. Listen, we're living here on this world right now with everything that's going on, but we have a, a knowledge, we have a, a Savior, we have an ability to not be caught up with the things of the world. I must say, I don't watch news, but I'm on Twitter too much. And... Uh, Sometimes it's really bad. Or somebody will post something on Facebook. Have you seen some of the scary things people say? And it's like then fear wants to grab us. And we have got to realize that we are to present ourselves a living sacrifice. We have to present our bodies. We have to present our minds. We have to present our emotions, all of it to the Lord, and not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after its external superficial uh, customs, but be transformed or changed by the entire renewal of your mind. By its new attitude. That's what the Lord is doing for me this year. He's given me a new attitude. I'm above and not beneath. He's giving me a new attitude that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. I want to I share uh, something that happened. Um, when I was in Florida, um, I was... There was something that happened that hurt me, and it was from some family members, and it hurt me badly. And I went to church that night, and it was an hour drive over to Lakeland. I drove over to Lakeland, and then I got there for the pre-prayer, so I prayed for an hour before church. But I still had this, this whatever, this feeling. And then the, the pastor, the, my friend Wayne, began to preach and I'm not going to go into detail, but there were a couple of scriptures that he used that just went right into my heart. And the Lord said, this was a wrong attitude. And I said, I'm sorry, Lord. And then, he, then the other scripture, and he said, you need to obey this scripture. And I'm like, yes, Lord. It wasn't a rebuke. It was just revelation. So I went, I drove home an hour, and I prayed in the spirit. And when I got into the bedroom, 
I was writing, actually, Sherry Warren, <laughs> and I was just talking to her. The Lord just touched me and blah, 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 and all of a sudden, waves of glory started coming over me. I don't even, I don't know. I felt change, change, change. I'm like, what change, Lord? I felt this joy. I felt this peace. I felt waves. It just went on forever. It went on forever. And I was just like, Lord. And it was because of my change of attitude and my repentance towards God that enabled me to pour out upon me this waves of glory, this ease in his paths. You see, this is one of the things that I feel like that the Lord is doing for us right now is that he is bringing us to a place self-examination when you're home by yourself all day. I know some of you aren't. But when you're home all day by yourself, you have a lot of time for introspection. You know, and the Lord has been has been dealing with me about not just watching Marvel movies, which, you know, <laughs> I've got to confess, I think I watched all of them. I've got to go back and do Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. But, but except for those, I'd watched all of them. Then I watched three of the Star Wars ones, and, um, and I put on five pounds in two and a half weeks. Uh, so, you know, something has to happen really quickly here. And so, but the Lord has been dealing with me. He's like, Marty, you need to begin to spend time with me. You need to begin to spend time seeking my face. You need to be, so I've been listening, like I said, to these different ministers. And I've been uh, trying to press in. I'm re rereading uh, Chris Valentin's Spirit Wars. And, and I'm trying to, caused my mind to come in line with the word of God. And so I am getting close to closing here. I'm not like my brother. I don't have seven closings. Usually I have about three. But um, so I just wanted to share with you about Kukra Hill. We went to Kukra Hill. We were trying to reach all of the communities while I was gone. And uh, Kukra Hill can be kind of a funny little place sometimes. Uh because we, that's the only church that we took over. They asked us to come, and it's our only Spanish church. And so we went there first, and then we were going to go to the other communities. And so we asked the co-pastor, Eunice asked the co-pastor to get up and open in prayer. And she started praying, and she didn't quit. She prayed for about an hour. And... I could see Harry and Eunice uh, Darrington, our worship leader, talking a little. And they came and they said, what should we do? And I said, she's in the spirit. Let her go. <laughs> she's in the spirit. The anointing was so heavy, I absolutely could not speak. And that's scriptural. Because that happened when Solomon opened up the temple. So then we went from there and had a meeting in, in uh, Ratipura, and then we were supposed to go. It seemed like we got changed and changed this whole trip, Florida also. It just felt like nothing we planned worked. Nothing. We were all, we were going to head to SetNet first, and then we were going to go to Tasbapone. Well, then nobody was in SetNet. I mean, the leadership, nobody was in Tasba, so then we switched it around. So... We were on the different switching here. Then we had to switch it again. And um, so we, the anointing was so strong, so strong in that place. Because that, the pastor is really working on bringing the people into a place of knowing the presence of God. So we went, we were in Pearl Lagoon, and we were supposed to be somewhere else. Well, there was a funeral so that leader was gone, so we couldn't go. So I said, well, let's go back to Kukra Hill. Let's not waste the day. It's their service night, Thursday night. Let's go back. So we went back. And as we went back, that night we asked, Eunice asked the other lady that was in the church, not the co-pastor, another lady that was in the church, if she would open in prayer. Well, she prayed for about an hour. 
I, this is no exaggeration, you guys. She prayed for about an hour. The anointing came in. Now, this was the day that I felt like I needed to head home, this Thursday. This was the day that I felt like I needed to head home. And, of course, I didn't start heading home until uh, Sunday because I was in Nicaragua. But that was the day I felt that. And that night I got up and I began to speak about Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the skirts of his train filled the most holy part of the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Oh, hallelujah. Each had six wings with two Each covered his face, with two covered his feet, and with two. And they cried one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And then said I, woe is me. Remember perfect fear, cast out fear. (laughs) Perfect love, cast out fear. But the fear of God. When we begin to see God, woe is me, I am undone and ruined. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And with it he touched my mouth, and he said, Your iniquity and guilt are taken away. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And as I was beginning to share this, I literally felt the fire of God on my body in this little church in Kukra Hill in Nicaragua. And I was thinking, Oh, Lord, I'm feeling the fire. I mean, it was so powerful. And then Darrington was on the keyboard, and he said, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. The fire began to fall in that little church. God wants us to know that he's a God of fire. He's a God of fire. One of the reasons that I like this portion so much is that Isaiah, Isaiah was at a bad time at this time. His friend, King Uzziah, had died. He wasn't having very much impact on the people. He just wanted to find some comfort from God. And he gets in there, and instead of the Lord giving him comfort, he says, I'm going to give you some fire. I'm going to give you some fire. We need an encounter with the power of God. We need to begin to realize that God wants us to be fired up full of anointing, that he wants us to be Elijah's. He wants us to be Isaiah's. Isaiah received a commission. So did Elijah. At the end of that time, the Lord gave him a new commission. God is giving us a new commission in this day and time. He's calling us to rise up. He's calling us to be the people of God that we speak with authority like Paul did to that wicked man. God wants us to begin to rise up and say, This plague shall not come near my dwelling in the name of Jesus. This plague will not come into this church in the name of Jesus. This plague has to leave this country. We need to begin to stand up and take authority for our land. Now, we might have to repent first, according to Scripture. But we need to begin to take authority over this thing and tell it it has to go. I personally believe that the president, when he said, I want to open the churches by Easter, that he was speaking prophetically. And I believe that we need to begin to agree with him. And we need to begin to say, this thing has to go in the name of Jesus. Whether it goes through medical, whether it goes whatever, a wind blows it out, the rain pours down, but the fire burns it up. We give ourselves as a sacrifice. Lord, what do you want me to do in this season? What do you want me to do in this season? I don't have to do it alone. I'm not alone. I don't have to be afraid of that intercession because there's at least 7,000 more that can 
Pray with me. And there's many more than that. There's many more than that. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, everyone that is here and everyone that is watching. Lord, right now, let our spirit rise up within us and let us say, I'm a child of God. I have authority over this thing in the name of Jesus. And you have no place in my body and you have no place in my life. And we rebuke you. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it, the, the virus, the thing that should not be named, or uh, I'm not going to get political because it's a spiritual message. In the name of Jesus, we speak to you, virus, and we say that you need to leave our land. You need to leave our land with the authority of the church rises up and commands this thing to go. In the name of Jesus, even as Elijah went and prayed and he saw the cloud like the hand of a man and he began to pray and he said, there's a sound of rain that's coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We stand on this, Lord. We stand on this right now. Help us to not be double-minded. Help us to not be of two opinions. Help us to stand firm in who we are during this season. And I pray for everyone that's listening right now. We just rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. We ask for the peace of God to come upon you and your households right now. The peace of God to come upon you. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing and health over those that have been afflicted. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your healing virtue pouring in to bodies right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Pastor Dan. Wow, thank you, Marty. Do you hear the voice of God on Marty's voice? Clarion call to be in the Holy Spirit, contend with authority. All the authority of heaven is behind our prayers, behind our declarations. Doesn't mean we're careless or sloppy about about uh, president's uh, protocols and uh, state protocols that have our our political leadership have asked, because common sense and the authority of God are not mutually exclusive dynamics. We can have common sense and we can have this authority too, but the, the authority of God, the unseen world, definitely does need to be our biggest reality. Our affections are set on the things above. We're living from heaven to earth and we are enveloped by the heaven realm everywhere we go. We embrace that with childlike faith. Right now we're going to have some words of knowledge. Hang with us for a little bit. Hear these words of knowledge, and we're going to pray and believe God with you for healing of these. God bless us. Words of knowledge. Hi, friends. I have some words from our Word of Knowledge team for you today. Uh, in Matthew 4, 24 and 25, it says they brought to Jesus all who were sick and afflicted and those that were tormented by the devil, and he healed them. So Jesus is in the healing business. So the first one I have is to listen and lay hold of God's prognosis, not the prognosis of man, but to hear God's word. I have foot pain. I have hips. Stay in faith. Keep tithing and trust God and his promises, and he will be faithful. Do not fear. So if this is something that you need an encouragement for, hopelessness, fear, and back pain, and then I have stay in hope and in unity. So if any one of these things is something that you really need prayer for, we will agree with you in prayer. Um, so God bless you and have a great day. Bless you. Virginia's team. Thank you, Virginia's team. And anything else that you'd like healing prayer for? A miracle, body, soul, or spirit? 
Maybe some of you are facing economic challenges, job loss, that kind of thing. We are declaring over you that out of his riches and glory, God is providing for all your needs out of his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let's agree for these things. If you would just touch the area, your heart, your body, your foot, whatever, plus anything else you'd like a miracle for. We had a testimony during a healing revival in 2008 where someone was touching a tel- the television screen or their computer screen and they actually had gold fillings put into their mouth. So there is such power, such potential for God to do right in your home what he would do in the most amazing miracle service you've ever been in. With God, all things are possible. Today's our day for a miracle. Let's pray for these. Touch your ears. Listen to God. We declare over your ears, he or she who has ears to hear, let her hear. Let him hear. Listening to God. Foot pain, be healed. Foot injury, be healed. Hip injury. You're already experiencing that healing in your hip. Blast that hip, God. The anointing of faith. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ enveloping enveloping you today. Faith for tithing and giving. Living with God's resources poured out over us. Fear. God is not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Dunamis power. Dynamite power. We are in the river. As Marty preached so well about, we are in the river of God. Let's stay there. See what God will do. Hope. Supernatural hope from heaven. And unity in the spirit. The unity of childlike faith. In the Lord Jesus and in the presence of the Spirit and in the Father who loves us so very much. Jesus said, I am in the Father and the Father in me and the Father himself loves you. The Father's in you, you're in the Father and the Father himself loves you. Let's stay in the presence of God and let God work on our hearts as we worship one more time. And then I'm going to come and give you a final blessing before we are completed with this service.
glory of God filling the whole earth. I love it that in Romans 8, it says we are, have been righteousified. Then it says we've been glorified. <laughs> we already have full access because of the blood of Christ to the glory of God. Marty preached so well about that today. Let's live in the experience of the glory of God and see the glory of God cover the whole earth in this day. Praying with authority for God's favor and blessing. Father himself loves us. Behold, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Pray a final blessing on us for this service. But right before I do, I want to remind you, 7 o'clock, every night this week, starting tomorrow night, Monday night, 10 minutes, Holy Week devotionals, family devotionals, Holy Week family devotionals at newsongmedford.com, 10 minutes each night. And then do join us next Sunday morning. I believe they start at 8, 8 in the morning. You can sign up between 8 and then um, they go for four hours, sign up opportunities. And the whole experience of our drive-through Easter celebration, our Resurrection Day celebration in the Holy Spirit will last about a half hour driving around the building. And you'll see it's going to be a very, very blessed time for you and, and your family joining us. You can sign up for a, a specific time at newsongmedford.com. And we when we get the announcement up on Facebook, we hope you'll share it so that people in our neighborhood, people in our city who would like to have this experience of a drive-through Resurrection Day opportunity, great opportunity to share Christ and win people to Jesus Christ next Sunday. Let's be in prayer for that as well. So put your hands on your heart. Receive this. We declare over all of us, God, in childlike faith, and because of the blood of Jesus, that anointing of the glory of God and the authority of God that Marty was preaching about, we declare over us, Psalm 91, no disaster and no plague comes near our dwelling, near our tent. And our loved ones, our oikos, our extended family, safety and protection, O oh God. We declare over uh, our economy, in America and globally, your favor and blessing. We declare over all of us, O oh God, safety, good health, financial favor. Everything we are doing is prospering because, according to Psalm 1, we are planted by rivers of water. Wisdom for every decision that we face opportunities to share Jesus' life and love this week, to extend and advance the kingdom of God, anointed together prayers and individual prayers to see the kingdom of God come in power, and favor upon favor on the personal revelation of the Father's care, the Spirit's care and presence, and Jesus Christ, our best friend's care and presence with us. Come, kingdom of God, come, will of God, as it is in heaven, so that it be on earth in our lives. We give you praise and glory in Jesus Christ's name. Everybody said, amen. See you soon. God bless you.